Welcome to Pardon the Intermission, a podcast that takes a look at movies, TV, and all things entertainment from the past, the present, and the future. Remember to subscribe and like the podcast and give a review. This helps out the podcast and is greatly appreciated. Now on to the show. Yes, hey everyone, welcome to Pardon the Intermission. I am Eric. And I am Jason. Yeah, thank you guys for joining us today. Hey, we got a great show for you. I wanted to kind of do a a little uh, re... uh, It's not a recap, I guess, but kind of... A revisit? A revisit, thank you. That's the word I'm looking for, a little revisit. You You know, we talked about uh, a couple of shows ago why Top Gun uh, should or should not be uh, best movie. Or, right? or best picture nominee. Best picture nominee for Got the it. Oscars, right? Okay, yeah, we did. Uh, best yeah. movie nominee. I guess that's not a category. <laughs> best movie. No. Best, best movie. Best picture. Get it right, Eric. It's best, best picture. Best picture show. Yes, there you go. Um, you know, it's funny. I was watching, uh, we had talked about it. And then after that, uh, the reason I, yeah. I was bringing this up again is because uh, I was watching it uh, the other day, right? I kind of sure. kind of finished watching it. I, I was, yeah. We were halfway through it. And I was half uh, uh, started watching it again. I was thinking about that. Why would it be best picture? And I'll tell you what. You know what? In watching that thing, that mm-hmm. movie, that movie just sings. I know that that movie is what it is. But I was, I don't know. It, it was a combination of everything. The way the movie sure. was shot. Mm-hmm. The uh, a lot of the points I talked about before. I won't okay. go over those again. But uh, you know, and, and just some of the extra thoughts I had. The way the movie was shot. The dialogue. Okay. Right. The acting in it. Yeah. Everything was so. Um, I wouldn't say economic. Well, maybe economical would be the word. It just seemed like there was nothing wasted. There wasn't a moment wasted. Okay. The direction seemed right on. Okay. The uh, the photogra- the uh, center of photography was done really well. It was excellent. Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, it just and 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 that's what I'm saying. It wasn't just one thing about that movie. And I know you could put that movie in a lot of different categories. You could say, well, it could be for best cinema photography, right? Yep. Or <clears throat> best screenplay. Yes. Or but. I think really it fits better in the, the the best picture category because all those things seem to come together. They weren't great on their own, mm-hmm. but in working together, I think that it just it just screams to me best picture. Because in okay. watching that, I mean, even for Tom Cruise, I mean, like I said, the acting that this was a you know the stuff that happened. I was watching that little scene with him and. Uh, um, um, Iceman, right? Played by uh, oh, yeah, Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer, right? Yeah. So, and you know, and of course, in, in that scene, right? Val Kilmer. I mean, we all know he has issues where he can't really talk, you know. Right, and, right. and but in in that, he plays he has cancer. Yeah. And so he like tight. It's so funny. Tom Cruise is. I mean, he's acting his butt off because you're mm-hmm. sitting there watching that, and Val Kilmer just types like three words on the computer, right. and it's like the whole scene is Tom Cruise talking about those three words, right? You're yeah, you're right. And actually, I think my opinion that is the most heartfelt, emotional scene in the entire movie. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. I, th- I think it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, but especially knowing what ha- what has happened to Val Kilmer in real life, having really had throat cancer yeah and um he had a tracheotomy and he really has lost almost his entire ability to speak and so that's what no just knowing that that's what really happened to the actor val kilmer and the character Iceman, um it made it made it the most emotional scene of the movie well and i got and hats off to val kilmer because that now i know he did do that kind of documentary and that brought a lot of Which attention very, to his situation very and, good documentary because a lot of people yeah it was very good and yeah. for sure and, and a lot of people were wondering whatever happened to this guy um i mean and he was he was a great i think he was a great actor he was on his way i think he could have done mm-hmm. a lot more if he would have had more time yeah but given his situation 
and and him being I, I think him being pretty uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here pretty brave to actually go now in front of the camera and kind of you know and do what I mean I I don't know it just the whole thing just seemed to work yeah and and here's the other thing too if if you want a movie we were I was talking with somebody else about this too about how you know people act with their eyes or you know the very minimal yeah talk about a movie where you've got a helmet on and you've got a mask on a jet and all you do is have your eyes I mean that's really right. all you have to act with right and and you know yeah you can hear the spoken words but I mean overall I I think all that stuff coming together I think that that even to me made a more solid case of why that thing. Okay. Uh, deserves to be nominated for Best Picture. I'm not going to say it was a Chinatown. I'm not going to say it was these kind of movies. But sure. I think for what it was, how it was shot, I think for for like there wasn't a wasted moment. I was watching that thing, and I mean the timing was impeccable. Mm -hmm. The editing was amazing. There yeah. wasn't a yeah. wasted shot in that movie. I didn't feel yeah. one moment where I was like, oh, what you know, like oh I'm just going to drift off and kind of daydream. Or what. I mean it kept me going the whole time watching it again, knowing right. what happened. Right. So anyway. That, that's great. And you know what? My opinion hasn't changed. <laughs> uh, look, I'm, I'm trying, man. Look, I'm trying. Hey, and you know what? You make some valid points that yeah. I can't argue with, but I, and I love the film as well, Eric. I really, really do. Yeah, it, it was a great film overall. Yes, I love the film overall. It was great. It highly, it highly exceeded my expectations because I thought going in, it was just going to be another crappy action sequel by Jerry Bruckheimer. Mm. But no, you're right. It had that emotion. It had that heart. It had that meaning. And the pacing was amazing. Right, the pacing was amazing. The roller coaster ride yeah. was great because a lot of movies too, you see, will, will bring you, you know, they, the, the idea of a movie is you want to bring the audience on this roller coaster up and down, up right. and down, right? right? You know, it's like all of a sudden there's high emotion and, you know, all this action. And then all of a sudden you kind of let them have a breather, you know, yeah. kind of take a breath. And all of a sudden we're back up again. Yeah. This movie did it, to, in my opinion, did okay. it brilliantly. Yeah. I loved it. it. It's not one of those movies that just keep you up there all the time on the edge of your seat. Oh, right. no, what's going to happen? Or okay. it wasn't the movies, yeah. like I said, where you're daydreaming. You're like, okay, uh, for me, yeah. for me. And maybe it just connected to me that way. But. I think it did. And for me, I see it as a really well done action drama film that I think, just my opinion, doesn't necessarily need to be nominated for Best Picture gotcha, Academy gotcha. Award. It stands alone on its own merits. Uh, but again, that's my opinion. Mine differs from yours, and I respect your opinion. <laughs> it can you give it an honorary Oscar of just best movie of all? No, I'm, I'm well, just kidding. I was going to say best movie of all time, but no, I, I'm just I will, joking. I, I'm joking. I will say this, Eric. It yeah. deserves to be nominated for, for something best, for best picture. Okay. Yeah, for some kind of it, it. Just look, any film that's made out there, you could argue deserves to be nominated for best picture. I mean, I could come out and say that. Uh, that Scooby-Doo deserves to be <laughs> nominated for Best Picture. Well, sure. You can and, say any movie does, right? right? So and you, you can make a case, like you're yeah, saying. You could I make. I guess the, the thing person that's... Could. The reason why I think my opinion hasn't changed is because it was a blockbuster. And I saw it purely as a blockbuster mm. action film that was very well done. Okay. Now... Will it win the Best Picture Academy Award? We don't know. We'll have to tune in later this month to find to figure that out. Yeah, or to find that out. But at any rate, um, you think it is? I don't think it is. We'll just have to agree to disagree. Well, and I'll tell you something. This next story that you have kind of kind of feeds into this because uh, this could have actually oh. changed changed uh, uh, someone's whole yeah. experience 
to watch the movie. So why, why don't you get into this next story? It's very interesting. Good lead-in, by the way. Oh, I see what you. you did there. You're welcome. <laughs> so what Eric is referring to is a story that I just found, and some of you may have already read about this uh, since we are recording this edition of Pardon the Intermission, but uh, AMC Theaters has decided to change movie ticket prices based on seat location. So this is a very lengthy article, uh, folks, so I'm just going to go ahead and kind of give you a truncated version of what it t- talks about. So AMC, which, of course, is the country's largest um, exhibition movie theater chain, has rolled out a new ticket pricing plan called Sightline. And it's an initiative based on seat location within the auditoriums. Now, apparently the way it works is it's very similar to music concerts, sporting events or even Broadway events where moviegoers will have the option to pay more or less for admission, depending on where they choose to sit in the venue. Mm. So in effect... For example, front row seats will be available at a much lower price because obviously you're not getting a great expanded view in the front row that you do in the middle or the back of the theater. Yeah. And then seats in the middle of the theater will be available at a higher price. So let's see. This article came out uh, recently, like February 6th, which was this week. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the initiative kicks off actually today on Friday, February uh, wow, that, 9th. Wow, already. Huh? At select AMC locations in New York, Chicago, and Kansas City. Mm. So it sounds like these theaters and these cities are going to be used on as like the guinea pigs of yeah. this seating uh, package thing here that they're rolling out. It says here that it will be expanded to all domestic AMC locations by the end of the year. So there will apparently be three different seat pricing options. The first is called standard sightline, described as, quote-unquote, seats that are the most common in auditoriums and are available for the traditional cost of a ticket. Then Mm. there's value sightline, referred to as, quote-unquote, seats in the front row of the auditorium as well as select ADA seats in each auditorium. ADA, by the way, folks, is the Americans with Disabilities Disabilities Act. Act, That's where wheelchair-accessible areas in the theater can be found. Okay. And they're available at a lower price than the standard sightline seats. Well, that's good. That's yeah. Good. And then the third option, ding, 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 here we go, is preferred sightline, oh, which are boy. the seats in the middle, the middle of the auditorium, seats. where I love to sit all the time, Eric. Yes. In the middle of the auditorium and are priced at a premium to standard sightline seat. So AMC Stubbs A-list members will be able to reserve seats in the preferred sightline section at no additional cost. Okay, I'm going to stop right there. I've heard enough. <laughs> I've had it. Eric, this is absolutely ridiculous, okay? Yeah. We were already getting fleeced enough as it is at the movie theaters pre-COVID, mind you. Okay, yeah, I'll mm-hmm. give you that. But I think it's absolutely ridiculous that, it, and I'm sure AMC is doing this to recoup a lot of the losses that they suffered during the pandemic when we couldn't go to the theaters and enjoy movies. And since then, since really, I guess you, we're, we're still in the midst of a pandemic because it hasn't been declared a non-pandemic yet, but still... Yeah. Since the height of COVID-19 and since the pandemic has died down and we've returned to some semblance of life, Hollywood is still having a difficult time getting people back into theaters. Well, in my estimation, this is not a great way to get us back on the theaters because we were getting fleeced going to a movie theater to begin with before the pandemic. And again, I understand Hollywood has to recoup its losses at the theater because for those of you who don't know, movie theaters don't make the bulk of their income on ticket sales. That would be the studios who who benefit from ticket sales. Yeah. The theaters get all of their sales from concessions, yep. the popcorn, the hot dogs, the sodas that we spend enormous amounts of money to purchase for Unless our enjoyment. Unless you can sneak it in, but Unless I'm not condoning that. Wait, sneak it in? Would you really do that? Uh, no, I, I don't condone that at all. Why? I do. <laughs> <laughs> but at, at any rate, <clears throat> the point I'm trying to make here, folks, is that 
I think this is really ridiculous. And I think, look, I'm probably living in a very naive and come to come to Earth world. But look, I understand that Hollywood has to recoup their losses mm -hmm. that they didn't gain during the pandemic. But is this really the right way to do it? Basically, what I'm saying is lower ticket prices. Yeah. Eat your losses and see if the audiences get, come back. Get people in, in the, the seats. seats. Give them a reason to get back in the seats. Yeah. And to well, me, this is not really a good reason to get them back in the seats. I don't know. And maybe I'm seeing something here. Are you seeing something different? Okay, I, I kind of I kind of saw the writing on the wall in this one because I mean, how yeah. long has it been now? You know, they've had this kind of they've already got us used to, and this is I think even pre-pandemic they got us used to this picking our our seats right to go to the theater right. Yes. So I kind of saw the writing on the wall. It's okay. like I know this is ramping us up. So they're getting first they're getting us you you know getting us used to okay picking a seat you know instead of right. just having right. a ticket to go anywhere we want in the theater right right yeah. Um, so I knew this was coming at some point. Um, yeah. I, I think the pandemic probably really screwed up their plans because, mm -hmm. right, you know, they probably, um, we would probably be more inclined if there wasn't a pandemic, more inclined to be accepting of this, I think, right. in my opinion, yeah. rather than, uh, uh, you know, the whole pandemic, everybody shut down and then now, yeah. you know, the, well, we've got to make our money back thing, but so anyway, I, th I think this was coming. I think I do think it's a terrible idea. Now I'm, I, you know, and that's the thing though. I'm from the old school where you know we would buy one ticket to get in a theater, and it's like first come first serve. You just get in whatever seat you get in. Right. right? Exactly. The good old days. Okay. Yeah. And <laughs> here, here's 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 a. Um, but now you know with the picking their seat when that came out, I know I was like, wait, what? You know, we got to pick our seats, and you know what's going on here. And then you look around in the theater, and there's like nobody there anyway. So it's like, I, you know, if I sit in a different right. seat, am I going to get in trouble, or what? Does it matter, or you know? Right. And it, well, go ahead. Yeah. And I was just also going to add that this comes on the heels of. Um, of AMC already having to close numerous, oh, that's right. numerous that's right. theaters yeah. nationwide. I, and I think they're almost on the verge so, of bankruptcy too, right? Uh, they were on the verge of Chapter 11. Yeah. And I think there was a group that was really close to purchasing them. But uh, until they can sort everything out and until they get that figured out, they've had to close numerous theaters across the country. And so this, uh, this obviously is another attempt for AMC to, uh, or for the theater chain itself to make a buck any way that it can, but also f it, they're, they're helping each other out. Essentially Hollywood needs to get butts back in the seats to make money off mm. the movies that are in these theaters and the theaters also, they have to acquiesce to the studio's requests. Well, here, here's, here's the problem. Um, okay. So, I, I think I think too. I don't. I don't think it's just an AMC, AMC problem. I think okay. all the all the theater chains, Regal, you know, all these guys are kind of yeah. all in the same boat. Yeah. Okay. And I think you know AMC's just they're they're kind of like the one to kick it off. I think they're probably all looking at each other, saying, "Okay, who's going to do it first? Who's going to do it first? Right? right. AMC is like, "Well, okay, I got to go," you know, because you know right. they need to they they need to make an extra buck. But here's the problem with that. Um, I don't know. You know, people may be inclined to say, okay, it's better. I would rather pay a couple of extra bucks. See, it's happening everywhere we go. If I, um, let me explain. Please do. Okay. Theme parks. We've talked about Disney a lot. And yes. here, here's the problem is that now they're, they're making it that if you want to ride specific rides, you have to pay more. They're getting us used to this. And now it's the yes. same way with the theaters. If you yep. want to, if you want a certain seat, you have to pay more. Yes. 
the problem is they're trying to recoup their money, like you're saying. But yep. you know, in the old days, to get people in the theater, what they would do is they would come up, try to come up with gimmicks like Cinescope, and they would have all these gimmicks that you know yep. we have five screens, and you need to come in, and it's like you're in a surrounded, and yep. e- e- they would do that. I mean, they've done that for the life of the theater. They always yep. had these gimmicks to get people in. Yeah. And the problem is, I think either one, they're running out of gimmicks, or or two, um, I don't know, uh, maybe maybe they just at this point saying we're tired of the gimmicks and we're just going to make the people pay. But it always comes down to the consumer now paying more mm-hmm. for this stuff without the gimmick. I mean, it's not like you're saying, hey, we're going we're gonna to give something. They're taking it away, in my opinion. They're saying, okay, yep. we're going to take the whole theater away from you. And if you want these particular seats, now you got to pay more. Right. So they're actually, and the same thing with the theme parks. And it seems like it's, it's kind of a, a something that's happening all throughout the entertainment industry is that they're actually, if you want the experience streaming too, they're going to take it away from you, you know, unless you pay more. So it's mm-hmm. not like, you know, they're going to give you more, please come into our theater. You know, they're, right. they're actually, it's, it's a minus instead of a plus for the consumer. And they're putting right. all of this on the back of the consumer. Right. The problem is the economy is not too great right now. And I don't think, you know, if the economy was doing really good, if it was everybody was just having a great time, if this was 2019, it may be a different story. They could probably get away with this. Now, I don't know. I think I'm in the same same train of thought you are. This is going to be hard for them to sell to the consumer. Mm-hmm. The theaters are already limping along as it is. Yeah. We have another story about what could actually affect it coming mm-hmm. up right yep. after this. And yes, it's like, you know... I, I don't think this is a great idea. I think this is a huge mistake. Mm-hmm. I do too. Um, they they need to come up with other ways. And I don't think it's going to be serving food or doing... I, I think they have to... I don't know how they're going to do it, but they have to come up with other ways to get people back in these theaters. And like you say, it's probably... If they would slash ticket prices, if they would give more value mm-hmm. somehow, maybe eat it in the beginning and then you know, be able to, to, uh, level out. Right. And, and I guess another reason, Eric, why I'm so incensed about this is because, you know, for example, my family and I, I don't have a very big family folks. Eric and I have families of three, a husband, a wife, and a daughter. And so we don't have very big families, but still my family and I went to go see a movie not too long ago. And I paid almost $80 for my wife, myself, and my daughter to not only get three tickets to go in and see uh, the movie that we wanted to see, uh, which was, um, uh, I'm trying to think of the last movie we saw. See, it's been that long. I can't even remember it. Was it Thor? No, it was no, after no, Thor, right? No, 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 it wasn't Thor. It was, it was something else. But anyway, the point being is that by the time Top we... Top Gun? The maybe, best maybe picture was. of the year? No. I don't remember. <laughs> you have to hit on that again, don't you? Sorry. Damn you. I okay, I, I agree resist. with you, okay? I no, couldn't resist. No. But the point is that by the time we paid for the tickets, and then we paid an additional 30 to $40 for soda and popcorn and the kids' zap pack that my daughter wanted, mm. I came out spending $80. Yeah. $80. That's that, ridiculous. $80 that I could have spent at the grocery store, $80 that I could have spent on gasoline for my vehicle, $80 I could have spent well, on clothing or whatever. Exactly. It may and it makes a person stop and think. You know, that's yes. the thing. You know, entertainment is what it is. It's just entertainment. And right. and when you're when you're talking about am I going to spend $80 at the grocery store to put food on the table or am I going right. to go to the theater and spend $80 to sit in the middle and get the best seats and right. get it get a, a, a thing of popcorn and a soda. Yeah. You know, people are going to pick food. I mean, I'm sorry. It's, this, this is reality, you know. Yeah. And so that's what has me incensed about this is that it's just, okay, you're raising the tier 
Uh, you're raising ticket prices based on seating, but can't you find a way to bundle it like with concessions as well or make some kind of promotional offer? Like, for example, uh, come come up with an app, create an app that we can download, that we can earn uh, rewards and points. Maybe AMC already has this and I'm late to the party. So if they do, folks, I apologize. But give us an additional incentive to pay more to go back to the theater. Well, and, and I'll say, and, I'll, and, I'm, and I'm more along the line of... of, of maybe uh, uh slash the prices you know make it make matinees really worth it i mean I the love thing that. is bring matinees back well yes. yeah because right now the matinee is you get what a buck off i mean the or dog, something yeah, it's not then, even yeah and then on tuesdays amc theaters actually lower ticket prices down to five dollars if you go see a movie before four o'clock and and i think they said they were going to keep that in here too they right? are that, yes it, they are going to keep if that you option. do that if yeah. you do that option yeah you can which yeah. is great but not everybody can make it but here, here's the other thing right. now when you're talking about apps and member and then the other point too is memberships you know a lot of these places we're trying to do memberships where you pay and you can go see unlimited movies you know right, right. and and that's okay too and that's fine if people want to do that but it, like when you when you get into like apps and points and stuff i think what's happening is that yeah. the world we're getting too too sucked up into having to do and plan and and plan everything out it's like what about just like waking up and saying hey i want to go see a movie yep you know it, you know, go see a movie on a Saturday and not mm-hmm. think about it too much, right? Not exactly. have to plan everything out, and at the same time, not spend eighty bucks. You know, I mean, that's really to me, that's what it comes down to. It's kind of like yeah. you know, when I get to sit there and think, well, I can't now, I can't go see a movie because I gotta, you know, pay a few bills. Uh, you know, right? Exactly. That's not gonna work. And then at the same time, and the theme parks are getting it this way too. Um, you know, like he's talking about apps and and you know keeping track of points. And sometimes you, when you get too much of that, I mean, if it's mm-hmm. something that's very passive, I think yes. it's good. If it's something that that's going to make you work all day to look on your phone to try to you know, that's not a good thing either. Right. And also, I look at it this way too. And again, folks, please excuse my naivete. I realize we live in the 21st century here, but from my point of view, Eric, regardless of where you sit in the theater. You're still going to get the same experience. I mean, yeah, basically, sands those very seats in the front row that everyone always neglects. But still, whether you sit on the side, the middle, the very top, whatever. Okay, maybe the front row you can exclude that because you're looking way up here and your hmm. neck hurts by the time you come out. But still, the point being is that you're still going to go in there and get that wonderful experience of seeing a picture on the big screen. Regardless yeah. of where you sit, regardless of what you pay well, and w- to sit where, and and you know, and then unfortunately, the other thing too, and it's just human nature. I, it just dawned on me right now. the The other part of this too that nobody's really talking about is, I think, entitlement, and what <laughs> and what's going to happen because well, and, and I was thinking about this, you know, because now yes. my my wife likes to sit on the edge because if she has to get up during the movie, she doesn't want to bother people, yes. you know, and so she likes sitting yes. on the edge. Yeah. Um. But yeah, what happens if you know you you're you're paying for your seats and and let's say if you got you know there, there's kids around, you're in the middle. Mm-hmm. Do you feel entitled now not to have kids screen? You know what I mean? It's kind of like, well, I, I paid this much money for this seat, and you know, so you get this. I think you could get a sense of entitlement, and this, and and you know, it, it goes against like everybody when you're paying one one price for it. We're all mm-hmm. in the same boat in that theater, That's, right? Uh, that and that, I think look in a perfect and world. When you're paying more, yep. you feel like you deserve more yep. than everybody else. So if you're paying yeah. more for that middle seat and there's yeah. some kid on the end screaming or running, trying yeah. to run around in the aisle or doing, you know, you're going to be livid because you paid all this money for that. Now, yes. do I blame you? Well, maybe not really. But at the same time, 
it kind of creates this this whole I don't know this whole tier of people in the theater where maybe some people think that they're you know I don't want to say better than others but you know they think they get a better experience because right. they paid more you know and their, their experience yep. should be better so you know I don't know I I think there's going to be some problems with that too so it, regardless to say of our opinions it's going to be interesting to follow the story and see how it matriculates or not matriculates but how it uh, grows in terms of popularity and see if it really I mean, does get people back in the theaters for all we know this thing you know this thing could uh, could work and and uh, all the theaters will go to it by you know who knows by the end of the year next year they'll all be this way but right. i i don't know i have my doubts i can say i, I, I definitely too. have my doubts i do too well you know and this kind of leads into the other thing you had another story here about uh We'll talk real quick on this. Hollywood yeah. is, uh, this says Hollywood, this is from Variety. Hollywood is bracing for a possible writer's strike. Oh, which yes. that could also put a little, uh, that could put a little damper on the plans of uh, having movies in the theater. Yes, it could. So, now, how can you sell seats in the middle of the theater when you don't have a movie to go a watch? A movie to watch. Are you going to go to see wow. uh, reruns? Eric, I will be more than willing to pay $35 for that priority seating to go in a theater and just to watch, go watch the- Titanic released again. <laughs> yeah. Or I'll even pay hell. I'll even get desperate and say, I'll pay money to watch Ishtar again. for Oh my out gosh. Which oh is one gosh. of the worst piles of garbage ever uh, made. We'll get into that later. Yeah. But um, yeah, so I found another story real quickly about uh, an impending writer strike. And apparently the WGA and the movie studios are on a collision course. And a lot of this actually has to do with the lack of creativity mm. in Hollywood. But it also has to do with um, the writers kind of feeling hamstrung about movies that are also going uh, direct streaming on platforms like Netflix. And they're not getting the financial dues from studios like Netflix who are paying money to mm. to stream these movies. But, I mean, look, writer strikes in Hollywood go together like syrup and pancakes. All right? It's happened a lot of times. There's always... It, it seems, seems like, like we, always... we reported on one yeah. um, a while back. There were, yeah. there were Maybe it was last year. I can't remember. I think or, so, yeah. So yeah. it seems like they happen every five years. But again, what, what makes this really unique is that part, part of it has to do with uh, writers' works uh, being sold to studios and then having them go direct to streaming and the writers not receiving a profit for their product, which, hello, under law, they're entitled to get. Mm. They deserve it. But this is going to be a problem, Eric, because as we know, there is a lack of creativity in Hollywood right now. There's yeah, a big stink sure. being made about it. And another thing, too, is that all of these highly anticipated movies coming out in 2023 next year could be affected by this writer strike because if there aren't any writers left to make movies towards the end of 2023 and beyond, this is going to affect release schedules for a lot of these films that are already on the board for 2024, 2025, and 2026. Mm. I used to work with somebody who worked in Hollywood, and she kind of gave me the lay of the land as far as how far in advance studios plan for. And folks, they plan years in advance for movies to come out. That makes sense. So this really is, you talk about a worse time for a writer's strike, Hello, we've picked it out right here. Mm. And so this is going to be a really big headache for the studios and for the distributors. And again, for movie theaters, because if there isn't a product to watch, 
you're not going to sell jack squat. Well, this sounds like, you know, with, with everything going on, I mean, coming out of the, the pandemic, it sounds like this could be an entertainment apocalypse. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it's, it's like everything is just hitting at once. I mean, it's it's all these streaming services trying to do original content. They're pulling, you know, pulling uh, uh, the material and the writers one way. And mm-hmm. then you've got, you know, the studio still trying to to pump out some kind of uh, uh, movies too, you know, to make money. And uh, yeah, this, this is, uh, sounds like it's going to be a huge mess. Yeah, yeah, it does. And now, ultimately, at the end of the day, they will come together on an agreement. And the right, usually, what happens with these writer strikes, Eric, is they're all smoke and mirrors. It's just yeah, people sure. kicking kicking dirt in other people's faces to get what they want. And they ultimately, and ultimately, well, it's kind of like calling the bluff. You know, yeah, it's a standoff, it, and then it's like who, who's gonna who's gonna flinch first? And it's gonna be Hollywood because yeah, they will. Capi- they need them. Yeah, they will capitulate, and they know that they can't make money off a product if they don't have a product. And yeah. that product is the writers. And so eventually they will cave in to what the writers want. But again, it's just very inopportune timing. Well, and for... it depends too. I'm not sure how the, like the streaming services uh, uh, kind of, if they are under the same rules as a lot of these Hollywood studios are as far as the writers using uh, unionized people and all that, right? I mean... That too. I, I'm, I'm not sure how that all fits in. But, but the point being too is that I think that, you know, that is one problem is that people have not really... Um, counted on was that the fact that these streaming services they have to have so much content now it was it was yeah. bad enough on cable but then you had a bunch of reality shows mm-hmm. but now with so much content being chewed up by these uh, uh, streaming services trying to do their own original content right right um, man it's just it's creating it is creating kind of an entertainment apocalypse out there because it, it is yeah yeah so man I don't know I, I I'm I'm a little scared but at the same time I'm just gonna kind of sit back and just say to myself positively hey it'll all work out in the end yeah i I hope (laughs) i hope we hope we'll see well hey we're gonna move on real quick we got just a couple of minutes but i did want to hit on um uh, yellowstone you know the new season of yellowstone is out there yes and uh and everybody i mean yellowstone great series right um i love john dutton here's the deal though i I found this article from the (laughs) new york post uh that's saying yeah john dutton that's saying that john dutton may not be around anymore wait Um, what yeah yeah so tell well, I guess apparently um, there's some issues with Kevin Costner's schedule right now. Okay. This is what I don't understand, though. Okay, so there's some issues with Kevin Costner's schedule, and okay. they're saying that it's actually causing a lot of problems with the other actors, and and because he's trying to do uh, Kevin Costner's trying to do some other movies or other other projects, mm-hmm. so they're really having to work around him, yeah. and they they may just end up canceling the show because of it. Wait, what? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. now is this a planned cancellation, like before this announcement? Well, see, that, that's or? what's interesting. It's not really. I don't. It didn't really say. It's not a planned cancellation. They just may say that if his, if his, if his schedule, if they can't come to an agreement, okay, on it, and if it's causing right, too right. much, too many problems, that they're basically gonna cancel the show. But here's the other kicker, though. But they've already uh, talked about. Um, uh, the showrunner, what's the guy's name here? I can't think of him. It's uh, uh, Taylor Sheridan. Taylor Sheridan. That's right. Taylor Sheridan. Great writer said and that, producer. Said that he could end the current one, but there may be a spinoff with the, some of the same actors that, okay. that want to come back okay. and Matthew McConaughey. So it's not going to be the right, same. All right, yeah, all right. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> all so right, it all won't, right. It won't be the same. Like I don't even know if it'll okay. be Dutton Ranch, but it'll be a spinoff. <clears throat> With uh, uh, with Matthew, which is this is all interesting, right? Because right. in this article, here's what I'm thinking: in this yeah. article, they've already mentioned, they've kind of already laid. I don't know what they're doing. They're wondering mm-hmm. if maybe they're trying to call 
uh, uh, kind of shake things up and maybe scare Costner a little bit to open up, a, you know, to, to basically be a little more available for so the show. So you're suggesting they're basically calling his bluff. Maybe calling his bluff a little bit. I don't okay. know. But why would they already say, we've got Matthew McConaughey and some of the actors are going to come? It's almost like they've already got this plan B set up and ready to go, right? So I don't right. know if this is just to kind of maybe, you know, help uh, smooth things over a little bit. Uh, or I mean, I should say, with Costner and the other actors, you know, get him in there where he's yeah. a little bit more available and everything runs a little bit smoother uh, yeah. on the show, on the set. Um, but uh, yeah, very interesting. I don't understand, you know, Costner, this is a great role, I think personally, and, <clears throat> and this is a great show. Um, I don't, I don't know why cost, I don't know. It's, it's almost like, why would you sabotage that? I wonder, I don't know if it is. But I wonder if any of this could be related to the other uh, Yellowstone-themed series that are streaming right now. 1923, for example, with Harrison mm. Ford and Helen Mirren. Yeah. And then you had the other one with Sam Elliott, one of my favorite character actors of all time. I think it's called... Faith Eight, Hill. Yeah, it's called and, 1883, uh, I think Tim it's McGraw. called. Tim McGraw. Yeah. Yeah. So you have both of those Yellowstone-themed um, uh, series uh, streaming at the... They... they um, What's the word I'm looking for? Not they're they're kind of coalescing at the same time as Yellowstone. I wonder if hmm. well, could it be like a production log jam as well? Maybe where they're just feeling overwhelmed with doing three series based well, on I the same storyline. Maybe I don't know. I don't think so. And I, no? I think okay. I think there was one. I think that is 1883. I think that one wasn't going to continue. There was one of them. I think they just they ran, and that was going to be oh, the no, end of maybe it. Maybe it was 1883 then. Yeah, but that I had Sam Elliott in it. Um. So yeah, I mean, I don't. I don't know. I don't know too much as far as as, as a logjam there. Okay. Okay. It, to me, it sounds like. I mean, basically, they say in this report. I mean, Costner is is reportedly having disagreements over shooting schedules. Okay. So it says the friction is allegedly causing morale issues. Like I said, with fellow actors. Um, and so, you know, Paramount Net Network uh, spokesperson uh, shot down the rumor and attempted to put fans' minds at ease, saying, well, that's not going to be the case. But, I mean, why would they come out and say that, well, we got possibly Matthew McConaughey ready to go? Well, what they're doing is, right? they're, well, yeah, they're saving Which, face. Yeah. They're saving face is what they're doing. But I also don't dispel the notion that they don't have this plan be on 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 tap here. I don't think this, it could, I don't think it's a bluff on their part. But I, I, it's. I think this is very valid, and I think they're doing the right thing by actually coming out and announcing this. Because yeah, you're trying to call Costner's bluff, but at the same time, you want to let them know, hey, you're one of the most successful box office and entertainment draws in TV and movie, and more so in movie history than TV, mm -hmm. but in entertainment history. That's great. You're the great Kevin Costner, but this show, this series, will go on with or without you. With or without you. Yeah. Okay. Well, and the thing too is that what was <clears throat> Kevin Costner doing before? The show primarily a movie actor. Well, but he was doing nothing though. I mean, right? I mean, I don't know. Was he in it really in anything? I, I don't think so. I mean, well, the, the, this yeah. show kind of brought him back in, into the spotlight, and I don't know. I I would think as an actor, and then and at this stage, you know, he's sixty eight years old. You would think yeah. that, you know, at this point in his life, man, it's like you know, hey, man, this, you know, you've got a, a great role. I mean, and and it's yeah. so you know, at this point, just hey, just let it, just cruise, just enjoy it, you know? But I don't know, maybe yeah. he's getting a lot of movie now roles or something because he's back in the spotlight. Maybe he's trying to, he has, you know. He has had a career renaissance within the last several years because there was a period in time there where, like in the late 90s and I think early 1000s, 2000s, where it seemed like he wasn't really active. His body of work wasn't as great as it was in the 80s and the early 90s. Of course, yeah, yeah. And then he just all of a sudden picked back up. And he had roles in big box office hits like Man of Steel. He played Jonathan Kent mm. in, the, in Man of Steel. 
He was also in uh, several other really good films, had really good roles, and so many of them that I would literally have to write them down and list them all out because I can't remember them by heart. But <clears throat> the point being is that— But, but he's not—but he, but it's not—I don't think the movie was necessarily centered around him or his character at that right, point. Correct, right, He's yeah. always played kind of the—now he was yeah. the offshooter. He was a—, a, a, a you know, supporting supporting role. Yeah, he's been more ancillary character. But I mean, this this, this he's got the main role, and I I don't know. I, I think I think this is a great it's a great show. I'd hate to see it. I'd hate to see it go. And like you say, I think they maybe they ultimately they're trying to scare him and just yeah. say, listen, it's going to go on with, with or without you. Yeah. Taylor Sheridan is a, is an amazing writer. He's tremendous. Yeah, I can't believe this guy's writing all this stuff yeah. uh, as it is. If if yep. I at least we have faith that if Yellowstone does go away, I think with uh, Taylor Sheridan. Whatever comes out of that yeah. is gonna be amazing anyway. Oh yeah, I, I agree. And I think Kevin, yeah. if you know, depending on how he feels uh, or what he does, uh, he may second, you know, he may uh, uh, have second thoughts about you know leaving Yellowstone because I I think the next show is gonna be just as good, and maybe people might forget John Dutton, right? I don't see how, but I can. Okay. I <laughs> well, unless you. they go back and watch the the, the original series, but. he's so ruthlessly good, though. We I don't know. Come on, him. Kevin. Don't do this. Right. Don't do this, don't Kevin. Don't be a prick, Kevin. Hey. Anyway, that's all of the time we have uh, for today. We hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, please subscribe and review the show for us. It always helps us out. Yes, and in addition to listening to us, don't forget to download. Don't forget to share the link with your family, friends, coworkers, neighbors, dogs, cats, and hey. Even uh, share share our show with uh, on your social media accounts. Get the word out there. Help us out, folks. All right. Hey, you guys take care. We'll see you on the next one. That's right. On the flip side. Bye-bye. Hey, thank you so much for listening. Now, I want you to go check out one of the other best podcasts around. It's called the No Focus Radio Hour. It has comedy and insight from the greatest minds in the know. And how do I know? Well, because I'm part of that great show also. So please go check it out. It's available on all your podcasting apps. The No Focus Radio Hour.